Welcome to the HR Uprising podcast. This podcast series explores HR hot topics and challenges through conversations with relevant experts and real-life HR learning and OD professionals. The HR Uprising is about learning through collaboration and evidence-based action. We want colleagues to have the confidence and skills to rise up through their organizations by delivering real, lasting business value. Now, introducing your host, chartered psychologist, experienced change agent, entrepreneur, speaker, and coach, Lucinda Carney. Hello and welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast. And this is our 45th episode, would you believe it? So I have a very special guest on this week. In fact, I was intending to save this conversation for our 50th episode, our Golden Jubilee episode, But I felt actually it wouldn't be a good thing to do because so much of what we talked about today in this episode was either time limited or it was in response to questions that were raised from the communities that I'm part of. So I didn't want to delay in putting it out. And as a result, David D'Souza, the director of CIPD, sorry, director of membership at the CIPD, I've just promoted you there, David. Um, He was kind enough to give me a significant proportion of his time today and I felt that we had a great conversation and some great insights into his plans, um, his vision for membership at the CIPD and really lots of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes that perhaps we're not always aware of. One of the things I'd intended to do, I'd planned out a lovely podcast conversation with him and we were going to talk about things like the future of work. But as it turned out, um, thank you in particular to the HR Ninjas, where um, I posted that morning about the sort of questions that people might have for him. And I think we ended up with 62 odd comments. Um, So therefore, this whole conversation is really from members of both my LinkedIn community, HR Ninjas and Twitter contacts, where people posed some questions to David. And I've got to say, he was completely open and honest really about these things. Some of the answers people may be delighted with, some of the answers people would still go, "Mm, but that's still not good enough. But then we've all worked in large organisations that take a while to change. And we also know that lots goes on behind the scenes before we see things. So I hope that this will give you an insight into certainly the intent um, of the CIPD is what they're trying to do for the members. Actually, um, there were lots of things that I personally was not aware of. So I thought perhaps I need to take more, make more effort to be part of it. Um, And I think it's quite a good opportunity just to share information and knowledge about what there is out there for our membership, um, from our membership body and uh, to make the most of it. Now, I do appreciate there are international members and I appreciate I've got some uh, members in the States who listen to us as well, who wouldn't necessarily be members of the CIPD network. But I hope you'll still find it an interesting conversation if you are tuning in from overseas too. So enough that. Let's get on with this week's episode, which is a conversation with David D'Souza. Hello and welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Lucinda Carney, and I'm really excited to invite David D'Souza to be my guest today. Uh, David, thank you so much for having me here in CIPD Towers. It's very lovely and, and light, and there's some pop people that we'll tell about separately, <laughs> yes, hiding yeah. hiding me or protecting my uh, vision from the travel lodge across the road. So in terms of um, today, I'm going to hand over to you. Would you just give me a little bit of background? I know people will know you as the Director of Membership for CIPD, but do you want to give us a potted history as to how you got here? Yeah, I, I, certainly. Um, I started my journey in HR, I suppose, working 
for uh, Marks and Spencer up in York years and years ago, uh, doing recruitment and induction there. Uh, went through a number of different roles, uh, still based in Yorkshire. Ended up um, accidentally getting promoted to looking after organisational development for an international marketing services firm. Uh, I had my daughter at that point, although well, actually I think my wife did the hard work. So, um, <laughs> How old is she? Well, uh, she's 10 now. Uh, just to clarify my daughter, not my wife. That would be really <laughs> worried. Um, uh, and she didn't sleep at all. So we moved down to the south to be closer to uh, family. And at that point, I uh, did a year working for Metro Bank when it was really in its infancy. So it was about 200 staff kind of at that point. Uh, and then I did a couple of years. Actually, no, I did three or four years working for myself. So working as an independent and then got tempted into the murky world of the CIPD. So you've done it in-house and you've done independent. So you've got an empathy in terms of that. Were you a CIPD member in those roles? Were you? What was your view of the CIPD then? So uh, it really varied dependent actually on the HLD I was working with. So I remember very early in my career getting some strong steers to, to, you know, and bear in mind I'm horrifically old now, but getting some strong steers to kind of stay away from the CIPD because I'd lose my edge or I wouldn't be commercial enough. Um, I think the organisation's evolved and actually I think continues to. Um, and I think my relationship with it has obviously ended in this gorgeous marriage that we have currently. <laughs> so you, you kind of... you. Kind of were, you were aware of it, but actually also you were told to steer clear some of the time because it was seen as old-fashioned. Yeah, and actually, even even when I joined, uh, you know, I, I spoke to a lot of people in the profession that I respected um, about whether it would be a good career move for me, what the limitations would be. My view is the profession needs a fantastic professional body. Uh, I think we're on a journey to that. I'd rather be a part of that and central to it and help it then sit on the sideline going well I wouldn't do it that way or you know that that's not how I think it should be so I think we are an incredibly important profession I think the easiest measure of it is when HR is done really badly the impact on people and organizations is somewhere from catastrophic to certainly you know horrifically bad and that tells you that actually when it's done well uh, although it's not often as acknowledged in the acknowledged in the way that it should be, we're a critical part actually of the world of work improving and getting better. We can't be the only people doing it. I always think that kind of that knotted HR should be the moral compass of the organisation is completely deceptive. I think we failed if we're the only people thinking that doesn't look right, that doesn't feel yeah. right. But actually, we shouldn't got a, all sit on our, our shoulders either, really. No, but, but but we've got a crucial role to play, and um, uh, I used to. One of my bosses early in my career used to say, you always want as much of the train set as possible. Um, and this felt like a genuine way to, to influence the profession for the better. So there's a kind of, there's a whole passion there in terms of where you want to go with the profession. And, and that's why you've come to be part of the CIPD. Um, and actually, as, as you know, so the benefit of, of listeners, um, I posted a few questions this morning. Well, I had, the, I had the podcast all mapped out and then I posted a few questions this morning. And it's kind of gone, ah, oh, OK, there might be a few more questions, David, we need yeah. to answer. So we'll carry on down our sort of, sort of standard background. But there are a number of relatively meaty questions that have been posed on various networks this morning that you've kindly agreed to. Well, give not give up, just answer or address to the best of you can. You're not saying they're going to be the perfect answer for everything, but just we can yeah, and address I, them. Yeah, I will give the least weaselly answers that I can. Is probably all I can. Least weaselly to. sounds yeah. good to me. Brilliant. Okay, so um, so coming in in terms of the CIPD, it used to be a little old fashioned. Still, there is definitely some perception. I think with anything like this, people don't always know what's going on behind the scenes. I certainly have seen things coming through, but. What what do you see as you want the CIPD? What's your vision for CIPD or CIPD membership? 
So I think we've got a couple of things we need to do. We need to vastly improve our technology and infrastructure, and we've been investing in that, and members will see the benefit of that over time. And we need to revisit our content. Um, and by that, there's some new courses that have come out uh, over the past few weeks that I'm hoping people are making use of. But actually, we should be a key provider of content for the profession. And the final thing we need to do is... I think we need to join up our community offering a bit, a bit more. So we have a thriving branch network. We have lots of different networks, like our Leaders in Learning network. We have online communities as well. What you don't have is one vision of how all that fits together. And that's interesting because they've all grown up in different ways to meet different needs. But I think if we can get the content right, the community right, and the infrastructure hosting it right, then I think actually we can provide the, the level of service that actually I think the profession Need. And and I think that we'll perhaps come back to that point a bit in terms of all the different things that are out there because um, I know in our pre-chat there were things that I was aware of the learning content on the um, on the website but I know there will be people who don't know that there's eight new courses out, yeah. and, and quite quite a lot of detailed content in there um, available if you're a CIPD member so they're fully available aren't they um, obviously I'm aware of branches whether you get involved with branches or otherwise. So that's an interesting one in terms of branches and the communities. But you're also tell, telling me, because one of the questions we'll look at later is yeah. conferences. It sounds like there's quite a few more conferences than, than I was aware of. So perhaps we'll, should we come on to that one later when we talk about conferences? Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Um, but I suppose that's you're saying those are the things that you want to do because you know that's what members want. So how do you understand what members want? Um, so first of all, we listen an awful lot and, and certainly more than people who uh, don't have close connections to us would think. Um, And that's a number of different channels. So we do large-scale surveys, pretty normal. We've got regular surveys that take place on a quarterly basis as well. So we've got quite a tight kind of piece there. Um, We have over 100,000 customer contacts coming through our contact centre. We pay attention to that. We pay attention to all of the social channels. Um, But the other thing we have is, you know, I spend a lot of time out. The CEO spends a lot of time out talking to, might be students, might be organisations. We've got connections into the profession. And I am lucky enough to work in a profession that isn't backwards and coming forwards when it tells us what we're not doing right. So my to-do list would look very similar to a to-do list that I think the average member would set. Okay. You know, what we aren't getting right, what they would like more of, is fully informed by our members. We can't do it all at once. Yeah. And we can't do it for every group at once. But it doesn't mean that we're not planning. It doesn't mean that we're not trying to get it better. So I think we genuinely have, I think, I've been here half a decade now, which makes me feel really old, but we've got a better handle on what we need to be doing than ever before. But some of that, as you'll know, with any large-scale change, takes place a bit behind the scenes before it gets seen front of house. Okay, so, um, so there's a bit of a, you know, if we keep if we keep the faith and listen out there, there's more coming. <coughs> so it's supposed to give people that confidence that perhaps the some of the concerns that people have mentioned that I've seen today um, and things that you've heard, what would you say are the things that you, that you want to work on as priorities over the next 18 months, say? So I, I think there's there's a clear piece around recognition. So whether that's digital badging so that you can say that I am a member and that's that's kept live, so something more tangible. Um, and there's a couple of drivers for that. One, because we need to be a modern organisation and that's where most modern organisations would be looking. But secondly, actually, we're seeing increasing fraudulent use of qualifications or membership um, because we don't have those kind of sectors put up. The content piece will continue to develop Um so we've got the equivalent now in those courses that, that just launched. It's about eight days CPD, um, which actually I think is a bargain for you know, membership. For the membership. <laughs> and indeed, part of the challenge with membership is it is a bargain, 
if you're aware of all the things that we do and you make use of those things. It's a bit like a gym membership to an extent. There's a lot more emotional resonance and importance to it. Mm. But if you pay your money to the gym and you never go, or you're unaware of what equipment's available, then actually you're probably not going to get value for money. But yeah. actually we've got a range of things which we continue to improve. Um, that I think really do provide that. So I think that will be part of it. So there's something around content. The communities will continue to involve, but actually our infrastructure can be really challenging for people. Well, that's, we make it hard for you to pay because you can't, you know, our new member joining platform was down for about a fortnight recently. Whether it's hard to find materials on our website, whether it's straightforward resilience issues with the organization, you know, struggling to, you know, match server need. We need to fix some of those basic problems as well as doing the higher order programs, which are kind of, look, this is a need. If you work, if you're mid-level working resourcing, what content do we provide? What can you access? And think about that for every single part of the profession inside and outside of organisations. I mean, the tech thing is an interesting one, isn't it? Because there is no doubt that people have far less patience for things like that and and understandably because we're so used to tech working beautifully all around us so our expectations are are up here so that's uh that's kind of a two weeks that's terrible i can see i can see why you got a bit of grief for that to be perfect no no I, I, and, <laughs> and it's the right kind of grief yeah. um if, if that's possible but it, that needs to prompt action mm. some of the things that we're dealing with at the moment are about you know deep re- pretty deep-rooted systems overhauls and that stuff is always complex and always takes time but actually if we can get a modern infrastructure then our ability to plug in some of the other elements people would have talked about learning ecosystems you know genuinely proper ways of mapping your cpd we should be providing those currently if you tried to put it onto our system it'll be a bit like building a you know an extra story on a house that's looking a bit shaky currently I understand I'm in software, building a hotel on a bungalow is not a good thing. You have to start from scratch and it takes a while and you have to know what your vision is as well. And you've got to future-proof that vision. So our our biggest challenge genuinely as an organisation, which will bore, I'm sure, most of the people on this, but it's a different world to live in, is um, we need a, a brand new hybrid integration platform. Because if we send data from one part of the system to the other, it doesn't always arrive intact or in the right format. And that leads us to a whole lot of challenges in an organisation being able to serve people effectively. And it's really boring. And if you have to sit with someone from IT drawing it in a hundred different ways, it's not thrilling. But actually, that's some of the legwork that needs to go on behind the scenes for us to be able to serve people properly in the future. Yeah, yeah. So when you go through something, you don't want to have to keep logging, it logs you in. You have to all these things that, that... just don't expect so yeah okay so we weren't going to techie deep dark techie but suffice to say it's got a, a place to play in terms of our experience it's like a candidate experience or any other kind of experience isn't it um member experience it makes a difference yeah absolutely and, and you you made the comparison with amazon we're used to accessing information on the go we're used to accessing stuff through apps we're used to a far more connected world we haven't built that here and we need to. Um, we launched a new community app last year. Lots and lots of downloads, but actually lots and lots of distance to travel with that app to make it what it should be. So yeah. we can get excited because we have an app, but actually it still doesn't have search functionality. still hard to click through on links. We need to keep evolving that stuff at pace. So... I can either be complacent and go, yay, we've got the first app in that space that we've ever had in, what, 100 plus years? Or you Mm. can go, it's not good enough. We've got to work on it. So there's progress. It's never going to be quick enough for me. But actually, we will start getting ahead of the curve over time. I think the app, that's a tricky one. Let's look at that in terms of community forums um, and things like that. Because 
this so uh, I confess I haven't I haven't downloaded the app. It wasn't something I was familiar with. I will Shocking. on the train on the way back. Shocking. <laughs> um, I did look at some of the community forums on the website this morning, um, and some of them I could join, some of them I couldn't. So there's things like there, but um, and I think it was, must be some to do with students or something. Maybe I wasn't allowed to. But the um, the app thing is it's interesting as to where people communicate though. Um, so unless people are living it and you've got a critical mass of people and content, so you've got to have a bit a wholesale take up of it, then the value isn't there. And, and we were talking this morning, you know, um, the I posted out on various communities this morning on my LinkedIn, on my Twitter and on um, fa- a Facebook group. Um, and w- one of them, the Facebook group was way, way, way more interactive and immediate than the other. And, and that's almost a culture of that community. And I mean, that would be the question. How could you get how could you? I don't know. If you know the answer to this, David, I'd be really impressed. But anyway, okay, channel, our, our, yeah. our um, question here is: How could we make the um, the communities app live and breathe the extent of something like HR Ninjas on Facebook? How could you get that level of interaction and energy that people then go there and they're helping each other regularly? I think there's a couple of ways that you can get closer to that, and I've got a lot of respect for that group, so I won't say, "Well, that's that's how you'd replace it." I think. Um, the technology needs to work in the same way that you would expect it to work at home. Our fastest growing group is Facebook. Yeah. Um, our set, you know, we've got the LinkedIn group, but actually our communities um, need a bit of an overhaul in terms of the tech there. But they're actually really well attended. But as you say, the pace is different and it is that critical mass. We need to create you know, better pathways for people to learn about things. So when you're doing the learning content, we then pass you off into a network that's relevant to that content. Yeah. And the communications can keep going there. Um, we will be having a long, hard look at those areas over the next couple of years. We do, primarily as a business, we do credibility, content and community. All of those things we need to make strides in over the next couple of years. Yes, and it's how, and, and community's got to be two-way, I guess. People have got to come to you in order for it to work. So it's got to be a, a collaboration two-way. And I suppose um, with that, going back to you talking earlier about how you were listening and these various surveys, I wanted to talk, talk on that. And also the fact that you said that um, you get hauled over the coals by a council, which I hadn't heard of that before. Um, but just before I get that, so the surveys, how do you... How, how do surveys go out? Because I'm just trying to think, I don't remember seeing a survey, so am I one of these people who doesn't click on things? So we did a, a four-member survey about 18 months ago, so went to absolutely every member. Um, and then we've got a customer panel, uh, so we've got about a 1,000 people on that. So for selected projects, if we wanted to understand, you know, is this a good way of proceeding, we'd feed through that. And then we have a brand perception survey, which goes out to a smaller sample. Um, on a quarterly basis so we've got we've got all of those things happening and kind of in concert Um, I think our communication is a really interesting piece so just kind of touching on it there it doesn't matter how much we improve the organization if we're unable to communicate that to people then we fail I think we've we're currently going through a full review of every piece of content that we send out from this building every email that we send out from this building because for me, there's obviously, we've reached a point with some people where they just hit the delete button, but then they come back to us six months later and say, I can't believe you haven't done this. I can't believe you haven't done that. They um, may not even hit delete. It just kind of goes on down to the second and third page of their emails because exactly. everyone gets so much content. Yeah, and I, I, I completely empathise with that. But one of the most frustrating bits of my job, and like I say, we need to own our side of the problem, but also people need to kind of pay attention. Yeah, more come to the party, yeah. Yeah, if, 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 they, if they're going, why doesn't the CIPD do this? And we have it. It's quite a frustrating conversation to have. Yeah. And actually, you know, when I speak to HRDs and we talk about the relevance of the CIPD and occasionally they'll go, well, you, you've never done anything in this space. I go, like, literally, we did a report on that last week. And then they go, oh, well, I just delete the stuff from you. And it's like, well, that's fine. But the criticism then isn't 
valid. You can yeah. criticise us, criticise our communication strategy. You can criticise us for not having done stuff in the past. But actually, we know from from that survey, actually from the big one we did eighteen months ago, one of our biggest challenge isn't actually people's satisfaction with the individual benefits. It's just the knowledge of everything that we do. But I came into role two years ago and we didn't have one page that said, this is all you get for your membership. I don't know how we managed to go that long as a professional body without consolidating that and going, look, actually, this is what you have here. We need to bring that to life for people relentlessly over the next few years. Yeah, I think you do, because um, having dug deeper into what there is there, I actually think there's quite a lot more value, and I can compare it with a couple of other business memberships that I've had. And um, there's more, there is more here, actually, in terms of the variety of, 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 um, of, of things than there were in an, another professional one, which I won't name a shame, but, you know, I just won't, won't uh, there's more value to be had. But it's knowing to use it. I mean, I've found now, because obviously I've been doing homework for podcasts and things, if yeah. I go to the membership, if I go to the, the site, because I almost certainly wouldn't click on it at the time, because you think about, I think about thing, things like forums, is someone can post on one of the really active groups and say, can someone suggest an icebreaker or any research on this? And someone will answer it. It's, it's quicker than Google in some cases, and but someone real will answer the question for you. Um, actually, we perhaps as humans have just got a bit lazy. It's much easier if someone just tells you the answer. The problem with that is that might be a subjective answer. Yeah. So if you want to go somewhere which is trust, trustworthy and reliable, I have found I can go to the CIPD and generally I can Google Google will search within your website and there will be something on it. So you'll put. So I, I will come when I'm looking for information, but I suppose I wouldn't necessarily be that interested in the report on. Ethics, for example, that you know, I was interested on in this one because I'm looking, I'm researching it, but I wouldn't have been at the time yeah. of that coming out. So it is about knowing there's more here and us being prepared to come and look for it, I suppose. There's so many things, sorry, to ask you, Dave, I'm trying to keep a slight order of them because I still want to go back to your council. Where you get yeah. where you get a bit of a hard time, um, and I also want to come on to relevance of the information there. So I'll take them separately. Let's keep with the where you're listening because it's almost our big yeah. thing about how you're getting information. So I'm aware that you say there's 50 people who go to a council. Yeah, so the the uh, uh, council's composed of one representative from every branch. Right. So uh, they uh, come either as branch chairs or as a council representative for their area. So there, there are kind of two key governance bits that sit around us. So we have a board that's made up of volunteers, a uh, mixture of uh, HR independents, um, experienced HR directors, different backgrounds. So I have a board and the relationships there, uh, and they're responsible for the strategic overview of the organisation. And then council meets uh, twice a year formally and twice a year informally, not formally as in, you know, uh, like they're not in bow ties, but um, <laughs> but we have we have a session after the AGM and another where they look at fees and fee setting. So currently, what's happening in the background for you know, and I saw one of the comments from the HR ninjas was, you know, I could feedback to them on fees, but they never listen. The fees proposals are currently with council for them to give feedback to the board for the board to consider whether they're appropriate. And factoring in that is comparison to other professional bodies, what we've done in the past, what our investment plans are going forward, what difference members will see. Um, all of the things that people seem to somehow assume that we don't do is happening in the background. So as we speak, there is a, fee- a fees review, is what you're saying. Yeah. There's been a proposal put in, it's, it's being reviewed and benchmarked, etc. And then what happens with that information? Will that be reported on somewhere yeah so uh, all of all of the uh, information goes to uh, council initially they give their feedback to the board the board makes a formal proposal to council and then council approve it so the fees each year are voted on by 
every single branch. It's not the organisation sitting them independently. What we do have to do is we need to make the case for them each year. So every year I will stand up in front of council or actually in recent years the treasurer from the board has stood up in front of council. We'll run through the P&L of the organisation. We'll talk about where we're investing money, talk about why we're investing money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, last year would have been like we're investing in CPD content. It's going to be these courses. The reason we're doing that is because our members have told us that they want more resources like this available centrally, exclusive to members. And that's how that chain of events works. I mean, what that is saying, though, is that the uh, it's actually saying, can we increase fees? That Because you're all investing. The suggestion is that they're going to go up and people, there's going to be a perception of value at the end. Is there anything in there about restructuring? Because there's different groups, aren't there, that some people feel they should have different fees and things. Is, is it is it about pure amounts or is it about structure of fees? So uh, any change to the structure of fees would need to go through council as well. So the last time the organisation did that was when we moved to a differentiated fees structure. So yeah. students... Yeah. Um, uh, the changes that we're looking at with fees at the moment are could we move to a rolling renewal cycle because that's one that people have asked us for in the past so instead of having one part of the year where you yeah. do it on a rolling basis that would have a financial impact um, that the organisation would need to that would make a big difference actually in the first year to probably some other projects and programmes that are going on um, that's the that's the key one I think some of the other ones will be further down the line when we fix probably a few more things um, and some of them may never happen. So I'd, I'd probably have a, you know, 30 things that people would like me to do with fees. Yeah. Um, the key one for me is to make sure that they're benchmarked effectively and they're competitive. Against other professional bodies yeah. and, and you're investing it wisely. Okay, so the people who are on, you answer the people on the board, so they're coming from the branches. And I presume someone on CIPD branch, are they voted for? Or is it a case of someone who's prepared to do the work? It's probably that, isn't it? I don't know. How? how... It's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a bit of both. I think in some cases, it's particularly hotly contested. Um, and in, in other cases, um, in other cases, yeah, it, it's harder to get committee members. You know, if anyone's listening, and they would like their local branch to be doing more or to do more events than get involved, because yeah. otherwise, you're just waiting for your professional colleagues to step up to that mark. I think our branches are remarkable. Um, it's a remarkable group of people giving back and investing into the profession in incredible ways. And that's not just events. That's be it mentoring. That's actually the support they give each other. Um, so that's important. The, the board is a separate entity. So um, there are two board positions available now if people would like to kind of apply. We're looking for someone with um, a background in digital. Uh, and uh, for the first time, they're opening it up to uh, students as well. Um, so to have a student representative on the board because they're a massive community for us. Um, they try and keep that you know, diversity of the board as, as broad as possible, and I'd say it's improved over the last few years. Um, but yeah, so the, the mechan- so how do they? So because you've just advertised that. When's the closing? Uh, when's the closing date for? Off the top of my head, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's uh, ex- exactly a day before this podcast goes out. Probably. I know it's going, but no, um, there's a bit of time because I'll have to time it depends <laughs> when this goes out. But it'd be good for people to know yeah, that. I, 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 can, I, I wouldn't know that there's a. I, I could either squiz around and check on my computer because I don't know off the top of my head because uh, we'll put it on the show notes and on social much, media. But, let's yeah. put it out on social media that the board. Yeah. I'm sure you have anyway, but let's do it again um, in terms of that. So uh, digital, so the person's going to come on and sort the website out. Right. Well, I think it's you know to your point. Any organisation needs to make sure that its technology is serving the people 
that that it's trying to as effectively as possible. So I think having those skills uh, is really important. Um, we've already got some board members with that kind of background, but I think strengthening further, given the changes we need to go through, mm-hmm. really important for the next few years. So the boards, you've got the council, which are made from the CIPD members, and they're advising you, yeah. give you a hard time every now and then, they a couple love, of times a year. Do you know what? I love a, working a nice half time, a hard time. I'd say when I first came into the job, <laughs> our, our relations with the with council were actually quite strained and that's because we hadn't been listening right and um, we spent a lot of time listening to them and and by and large they're, they're an absolute delight to work with but they also yeah they do they do give us challenge you don't want anyone to think it's passive um they're a really smart group of experienced hr practitioners who really want the best for the profession give up a, a whole chunk of their time and if they're not clear on something or they're not happy with something they let us know and Again, so, should be. Yeah, and so get involved with those because those also, one of our conversations later about the cost, they're really, really cost effective. A lot of the things that are locally and you don't have the cost of dro- travelling to London and things like yeah. that as well in terms of it. Um, I think you started to explain, explain um, this, but one of my personal questions, I think, and it was to do with getting relevance, getting relevant people. So I can see that your council is pretty objective because that's coming from all over and it's self-selected people or voted people. Um, the board, as long as it's out there, people getting nominated. I think sometimes um, it does seem like maybe the usual suspects are the people that are we're hearing from on a regular basis. And, and so it's how... I know you have a, an agency that goes out and gets contributors to the magazine or gets whatever, and it is easier for them to pick low-hanging fruit, if you like, of the most visible or self-promoting people. So how do you make sure that, that what you're getting in terms of feedback is, is objective, it is representative? So I, I, I have a diagram tucked away somewhere, which I talk about having proportionate voice, and it's really important. And actually, my, a job like mine is crucial, and the people that don't like it tend to be the ones that would like to think that speaking louder counts for more so if we look at something like our member survey that's thousands Mm. of people telling us what to do it will be ridiculous for me then to go to an event get pinned against the wall by someone they say you should really be concentrating on this and me go well i'll change all of our plans because it's my job it's our job to solve the profession at large and serve the profession at large so i think um we, we you know as we work down that hierarchy there's you know what are the members saying to us you know in volume what information we got from something like a customer panel where we tested an idea with a specific group you know we asked the organi- you know, we ask hr practitioners to be more evidence based how do mm-hmm. we model that then actually council need to be council and the board need to be comfortable that we're listening to other people as well mm-hmm. doesn't mean they won't have different angles that we should think about or or things that we should examine but my job would be Largely impossible, but also not very effective. If every time someone complains in a forum, I set off a group of people to work on that. Yeah, we have You'd to be really reactive. Let's be more strategic. Yeah, got to keep our eyes on the prize. Um, yeah. and sometimes that does mean saying to people, "Do you know what? It's going to be two, three years until we get to that." But I'd rather have those conversations than just be running about making promises and not delivering anything on the back of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so proportionality. There's lots more going. It isn't just the people. It just um, that, that shout loud is necessarily that. Are, speaking or doing whatever in these things and, and certainly in terms of surveying that you're taking didn't you, how many didn't you tell me how many responses it was quite a, a lot of it's just shy of ten thousand that, that we got back so yeah. that's you know you're well past uh, the kind of you know significant samples yes like that. but we're listening the whole time you know it's, mm. it's hundreds of thousands of customer contacts so i know which bit of the website doesn't work because people phone in and go we're struggling with this bit of the website yeah. that goes to the top of the stack quite quickly what we need to do is we need to be focusing on 
you know, clearing out the gutters at the same time as we're kind of, you know, shooting for the moon. Yeah. Because we need to be more aspirational in terms of some of the provisions. So, you know, how do you create a learning environment that everyone's in for the profession that's tracking your CPD and you've got content available to you? That's one classification problem. How do you make sure the website's not falling over? Well, you need to do that as yeah, well. Yeah, that's the got, tools to do your job, yeah, isn't it? That's we've right. got that power. Yes. So, so you're partway there. You've got the content. You're going to improve the CPD provision, so yeah. the method of recording it for people. So that's that's a vision which would help people. Um, definitely, um, you are listening. We've got communities and there's various other technology coming along the way. I suppose carrying on down then, two other points. One is the professional magazine, People Management Magazine, in terms of there's some criticisms of everything there are so there's a couple of points yeah. that came out and yeah, I'm sure there's lots of people who are very well you told me there's lots of people that will be happy and also we should talk about events um, related to it, like the festival of work and things like that yeah. so I start with the, the uh, people management magazine in terms of how that's how you ensure that that's relevant or how how confident are you that that is meeting these the members because certainly a couple of comments this morning felt well it's interesting actually because I observed observed differently one of the comments which was made um, on social media this morning was that it wasn't meeting many many HR professionals out there are in well either independence but actually it was more about if you're maybe an HR department of one and they're doing lots and lots of transactional stuff and they didn't feel it was that transactional I think there is also a theme there that someone else made about the how people need more help in the how of doing things and there's maybe a a broader question there in terms of how easy it is for you to give that Um, and then equally I've got a personal opinion that where I've, I was asked to contribute to something and I made a suggestion on it and I think probably because I'm more OD I came at it from more of a slightly oh culture link OD kind of link and they're like, oh no no that, they wanted like health and safety or something so I thought oh what that made me think is are we causing the problem where we talk about HR as needing to be more strategic and then the magazine is going no you've got to give me tactical answers so I suppose, how can you be all things to all people? Is it relevant or are we just Yeah, no, I, I, I can get in trouble for both. I, <laughs> well, I can absolutely. easily see that. You can't win, actually. Um, look, that, that publication goes out to about 140,000 people. So m- most members uh, choose to receive that. Uh, it's consistently rated the best benefit we have and it's rated at a level. That's not just it's the best of a bad bunch. Yeah. It's, it's rated really well as a publication and a magazine. I think... Given that it's attempting to meet the needs of students through to senior practitioners, you will probably always get people saying, I would have preferred, you know, more of this or more of that. What it generally tends to be is a a really good update on what's happening at that period of time. Um, Some really good case studies and examples of Mm organisations doing things well and some really, you know, straightforwardly easy to digest information to keep you up to date with the profession it will never meet anyone's needs in the same way that there isn't one newspaper that meets everyone's needs or one journal it doesn't but actually i think it does a good job um but we do again to go back to it the reason i'm telling you that isn't because i'm sitting here complacent and just assuming everyone that does we there's a separate survey that goes out around pm specifically and the content that sits in that in addition to all of the work that we do on our other benefits so when I'm saying that, it's not a, I would like to think that, it's a, people tell us. Your data, so, the data is actually telling you that people are, what, four out of five happy? Or five, what sorts of... Yeah, you, you're probably up beyond four out of five right. happy, you're in the kind of nine... Nine, nine out of ten kind okay. of position. So if you're, not, if you're listening to this and you're not happy, you need to fill the survey out and say yeah. why. And, yeah, and if anyone knows how we could solve for ten out of ten without making the magazine kind of infinitely long, uh, then, then I'll kind of happily hear that. But... I, I genuinely think, you know, it, it benchmarks well, it's received well, 
it's just never going to be everything for everyone. And at some point, and that's probably true of the CIPD as an organisation, um, we will try our level best to give basic provision for everyone and enhance provision absolutely where we can. But the idea that, you know, if you work in an organisation in this sector of this size, doing something really niche, that there's going to be a guaranteed article in PM each year for you? Yeah. Probably doesn't work. Do we need to keep always thinking about representation of voices? And I'll say that from a diversity point of view as well. Yeah. So that's diversity of sector, that's diversity actually of background and voice. That absolutely needs to be key. Um, and I'll, I'll accept that challenge that we need to keep on the ball. But yeah, it's not bad. So so overall, the feedback is, is positive on that. I, I take that um, on board. If we just went into the one niche and drill a bit hard though, the diversity of representation, and we can maybe use this also as a segue into the Festival of Work, yeah. for your independent HR, of which there are so many probably in HR, more than many other professions, and the HR departments of one, who will be working for an SME or for themselves. They can't afford to come to the Festival of Work um, in internal that bit because it's it's just too much. I wouldn't entertain doing it. Also, I mean, in the People Management magazine, you rarely see anything aimed at that segment, of which I think is probably quite a large population. Yeah, it's, it, it's uh, first of all, I probably need to give a, a shout out to Ruth Cornish. Ruth, <laughs> if, if you're listening, uh, we probably have no member who actually is, is more passionate in that space uh, about making sure we're doing the right thing and providing the right provision. I think um, I, I genuinely been in what time is it now it's about 11 o'clock first first meeting i had this morning and the first communication i sent this morning was about hr independence to make sure actually they're showing up in every space that we have so to all of the heads of department here you know can you come back to me with your update on that last year we launched a kind of dedicated page on the website again first iteration we'll keep building it but i think in terms of content access and pricing for both of our main events ace and the festival of work there are over 73 um, events on the exhibition hall that all you have to do is register for a pass. Um, quite often that includes the keynote speakers coming out and doing secondary or Q&A sessions as well. You can easily go for two days for free. Um, but all of those events, because I know there were some questions around pricing, they sell out is the first thing. But the money's reinvested into the profession. So the charter that we're bound by and our, our status as a, um, a charitable organisation means that everything we make gets reinvested for the betterment of the profession. So there's no point in us doing it for nakedly commercial reasons. It's a commercial part of the business. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. But all of those funds are going to flow back into content for different members, flow back into actually our, our capacity to support in different ways. But we've got, yeah, like I say, a thousand branch events, which tend to be low cost or no cost. We've got 70 plus uh, kind of free sessions at each of our major events. On top of that, we've got a range of student conferences that take place up and down the country. Um, and they've grown, you know, significantly over the last three or four years. And they're at a really accessible price point, but with top-notch speakers. Actually, that's quite, a, that's quite a strong provision. And I'm not by any means saying we're perfect because people will jump on me for that. Mm. But actually, the base level is probably more than people know. And maybe not participating in... Um, <clears throat> Okay, so 
Just to clarify then, because uh, just so it's clear, so things like ACE and the Festival of Work, not everyone will realise this, I think, based on the feedback this morning. So you have the conference, it's better as a conference, which there is a cost yeah. to, but in the main Olympia or wherever it is, the hall, there are, you can just sign up for two days and come along there and there's, yes, there are, that's all paid for by suppliers and there's 70 odd free conversation talks there. I mean, for example, I know, um, Mervyn Dinn and I saw he was there last year There's, there'll be people from CIPD your keynote speakers but there'll also be good quality speakers put on by um, suppliers as well so there's lots that's going on isn't there yeah so, free. so normally the exhibition halls split up into actually learning, learning zones so there will be talks going on the future of work in one place there might be talks going on on um, kind of what HR needs to do differently or digitisation in a different place and they run pretty much back to back for those two days yeah. so if you turn up and all you have with you is money for a sandwich. You can hang around for two days, leave with a you know bags and bags of swag from the vendors. You, you will get loads of nice freebies, stuff. yeah. Um, but you can also have seen normally, yeah, some of the most prominent speakers speaking for free. Yeah, and also it's a great opportunity to network with people you're on a um, you know on a forum with, meet them, use it as an opportunity to get together and, and meet them for a coffee and chat with people. Um, so so just because of the conference being having cost to it doesn't mean you can't get value out of it however just want to go back to that and maybe challenge it so I get the point that you said it so you run them because you have to make money in order to invest and the argument would be they sell out therefore there's not a problem I suppose should we not maybe challenge that in terms of the fact they sell out therefore you are not necessarily going to have proportionality um it because the you will be filling out with people who can afford it or their company will will pay for it or whatever is there should you maybe look at loaded question my my my, my, my challenge um my a res- fair one respectful well. challenges yeah. maybe you should have some i know 20 cent of lower cost tickets out for your independence or whatever to get a bit more diversity in the people up there because i do think you do see the same faces up there um, it's, it's a really fair... And still make it profitable? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a genuinely fair challenge. I think the margins on that conference are such that actually changing much of that ticket mix um, changes the profit profitability very rapidly. I think um, the member discount rate, particularly the early birds, really, really significant. So I think when people look at the headline price, um, it can be really intimidating, particularly if you're working for yourself. Yeah. The early bird price, possibly less. So I think... If, if I felt that we weren't reinvesting it, I would be more concerned. I also think at some point we operate as a commercial organisation that then reinvests into the profession. And quite how, you know, those events run at capacity. You know, we've taken two of the biggest conference halls in the country, you know, for, for Ace and Olympia. Yeah. I guess the question is... It sounds like some people could afford to pay more and some people can afford to pay less. you get a different... I'm, I'm, just, I'm just challenging that because it is quite... It possibly makes it a bit elitist, those, those, the people who are able to attend those, those events yeah. compared no, to your I, audience. I, I, I'm, I, I guess I'm not even arguing with no, that. No, just, we're I, just reflecting on it. Uh, how you would solve that mm. without completely filling you know we're at capacity already mm. so price point is, is probably a natural mm. kind of differentiator for that and um, l- let's say you halve the pricing all we're going to have is thousands of members complaining that they can't get in yeah but we'll make less money and we'll be able to invest less in services mm. for them uh, so if anyone is listening uh, and they've got a solution yeah and they've got a solution <laughs> genuinely happy to hear it but yeah. they're they're run as commercial events i don't think we should be um we shouldn't be ashamed of that, but I think the point around inclusion is a good one. How you would resolve it another way, I don't know. But what I can say is any of the commercial activities of the organisation go back into the type of content that 
you, you're getting elsewhere. Yeah. Right, then let's move on to the all the other ones that are out there. But people, we've got all these branch events going on, which, we, you know, you can sign up for your local branch, yeah. you can get involved in that. Um, student conferences I wasn't aware of. I assume people who are students should know about that, right? But I mean, because I'm not a student. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we try. Uh, all of them are sold out this year. Right. Uh, we're looking at increasing capacity kind of beyond that. But yeah, quite often. And the other thing I'd say is, if you're listening and you were involved in one of those conferences, to turn up on a Saturday morning um, out of the goodwill of your heart to talk to a group of com- students about the future of the profession, I think it's a wonderful thing. So, uh, yes, it tends to be, you know, three, four hundred students, you know, quite often on a university campus listening to the, the great and the good of the profession. Um, I think they're great. About Massive it. contribution. Yeah. yeah, shout out to people who do that. Fantastic. OK, so there's lots of events out there, David, then. So are they accessible from the CIPD website? If I went to it, would it be a forward slash events and I'll be able to find branch members, branch things and festival of work information. Yeah, it's, it's all on there. I'll provide you with links afterwards so your listeners can, can get them. Can kind of see them. Okay, that, that would be really helpful. So actually show notes for all of these guys. I'll make sure that lots of links so we can go straight to these these areas. Fantastic. So we've covered lots. There's, there's lots that you're doing that people don't necessarily know about. There's lots that you're doing that people may not be taking full advantage of. You do feel you're listening... Um, and there's lots of evidence that you're listening that we probably weren't aware of, Roots to it, and you're open to hearing more. You're open to hearing if there's any solutions as to how we can, particularly with the independent HR consultants, or be more proportionate, because that's important yeah. to you. So you're opening open things with the view that you're a commercial organisation and it costs money to develop new learning resources, et cetera, et cetera. So you can't do it. F- it's got to be proportionate. So it's got to be something that, um, that makes sense. Um, just in closing, David... For CIPD members listening out there, for them to realise there's probably things that they can take a bunch of, please, you know, get involved in your local communities, etc. What do you think is most exciting that you'd like to leave people with that's that's coming that you're passionate about working on? Oh, that's an interesting one. I mean, you're saying about what, two metres away from a board with all of my secrets written on it, ah. which is which is actually ah. the next two years' worth of small stuff. price. You can um, have a photograph of it. <laughs> so if if I'm being really honest, my my take on the last couple of years is that there's been a lot of stuff happening on infrastructure and not enough where we kind of really show people how things are going to be different yeah and it's been really important work for the organization but i also get that it can feel from the outside like things are staying still so the things that i'm really excited about over the next couple of years are um one we will continue with the content in the kind of format that we've got but we'll also be building that you know we're not sure whether we're going to call it a learning experience system and LMS, but actually a hub for your professional development right. that's hosted through the CIPD website. I think that will be an incredible change for the organisation. We'll be looking at, um, alongside that, digital badging, proof of membership, but also, you know, what do we do in terms of strategy for if you've been on a course or you've done a piece of learning, how do we acknowledge that? Um, and one of the other ones that I, I think we've fallen off um, over the past few years is... is helping people understand the value of their membership. Um, And there's a couple of ways in that. One is explaining the difference it makes in the marketplace. So, you know, to your employability um, and working with uh, recruiters to help them understand that. Um, But the the second one is um, just about actually what do you get for your money and why? Because normally if I'm able to sit down with someone, and thank you for today, if I'm able to sit down with someone and list all of the things that we do, People are genuinely impressed, and at least half of them, they don't know. We need to own a bit of that. But when people are coming to us and saying, you know, 
you don't do this explicitly. Uh, it's normally a Google search away. So we need to make that accessible. But my belief and what I'm most excited about is that we have more members genuinely thinking, one, that we serve them, two, that we listen to them, but three, that actually when it comes to renewing each year, it's an absolute no-brainer for them. And I think normally, you know, if, if I or the team go out and explain it to someone, people are pleasantly surprised. I'd like everyone to be pleasantly surprised because that feels like we'll be doing the right thing. Great. Well, I mean, I certainly found more. The more I've got involved, I found more and more there. I, I don't do also see the people each year and go, well, I'm not getting value from it. I, I personally think that we do have a responsibility ourselves to check that the, you know, check that we are making full advantage of something. Because I do think with all of these things, there's room for every forum and network out there. Um, they all play different. You know, I, I think I'd go to a community forum for CIPD for something very specific to a to a role or something whereas I might go to a more social one for something a different kind of support and there's room for all of these things but actually as a body we we are stronger if we operate together as a body and the CIPD is only going to create value if you can continue to fund value so you know there's, there's something about us coming to the party and making sure we're represented absolutely and one thank you for getting involved two thank you for giving me the opportunity to kind of chat here today but I would rather have people trying to improve us and, yes. and doing that constructively and being on side and getting involved than sitting on the sidelines because we won't we won't improve through them as a community so the reason the CIPD is important is because HR is important and we're the professional body for it and we want to help people do their work well and as long as that's important if that's something you care about yeah consider finding a way of of helping and engaging and and um, and influencing Uh, so thank you so much David Uh, if people want to feedback directly to you you are quite um, I'm obviously going to put links on the show notes for people for any of the places we want to signpost and I'll put your contact is i know you're pretty active on twitter and things like that um have you got a preference as to how people contact you yeah carrier pigeon i do it <laughs> in the wrong address no um uh so i'm, I'm on twitter at, at uh, dds uh, 180 um you can contact me on uh, linkedin or people can email me at d.dsouza d-s-o-u-z-a at cip.co.uk all i would say coming back to proportionate voice is that i'm one person it's a big profession when people get upset that they haven't got a reply personally from me within 10 minutes or the person who connected you know, on Sunday wanted to know, wanted me to personally sort out login details for the website for them through LinkedIn. Um, I'll always get back to you. Just might take some time because I'm attempting to do all the things you're probably emailing me about and wish that I was yeah. doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're all human beings here trying to do the best we can, right? Um, and, and actually, I'd say possibly, although you're open to pe- listen directly, the proportionate thing is we need to look out for these surveys and make sure that us and all the other people that think in similar ways make sure that our voice is represented there because that's data that you're going to take a look at. And, and, and so it's almost more balanced that way. Absolutely. If, if something's not working for you, if something's not great, you know, drop a note to our customer service team they're absolutely fantastic they they are possibly the crown jewel uh, we've got satisfaction with that team in a way that i haven't seen before in that even if people phone up and there is a problem they tend to go away absolutely delighted with it uh, which is um uh, a rare a so rare you're having a bad day call the customer services team. <laughs> yeah i do i just if i'm feeling unsorted i'll just drop down a couple of floors and go and chat to people they're a, a lovely lovely bunch um but honestly there's everyone here and if there's one thing i should convey I work in an organisation that's really passionate about wanting to do things better. The idea that it's some kind of complacent ivory tower is a nonsense. Do we need to make more progress? Yes. Do I understand where we need to make more progress? Yes, because people have shouted it loudly and that's been really helpful. All I'd ask for is just a bit of trust. 
Thank you. I think that's a great place to end. David, thank, thank you. you so much for your time. Cheers. So what do you think? I certainly found there was quite a few things that I was not aware of that were going on behind the scenes. Like any large organisation, it's challenging. Um, I found David really open and honest. He wasn't making promises he couldn't keep. Um, but certainly he is listening and they are trying very hard to make this a great membership body. So uh, my personal takeaways are that I need to look harder uh, at taking advantage of maybe some of the local events. So if I've got any HR uprisers out there who are involved with local CIPD events, let me know how we can get involved. Um, and yeah, it'd be great to know more from, from the listeners out there as to what you think. So I hope you found that a value. Thanks as ever for tuning in and thanks so much those of you who've been providing us with feedback. If you did find it a valuable episode, please let me know. If you didn't, please let me know. Um, And I appreciate you continuing to tune in and and telling your colleagues about the HR Uprising podcast. We're starting to build awareness wider and that allows me to do more interesting episodes and get more interesting speakers on as well. So um, thank you very much for that. So all there is to do is say goodbye for now until next week. And let's remember to learn together, collaborate together and get stronger together. Take care. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising podcast. You can access more information, including resources or links mentioned in the show at our website, www.hruprising.com. Also, you might want to join our LinkedIn community or tweet to us at HR Uprising. We'd love to hear from you.